The 2018 World Cup finals are here. 64 football matches across 32 days. 11 cities in Russia. 12 stadiums. Eight groups in action in the pool stage. And one huge game for the Socceroos Saturday night against France. But some other talking points have hijacked the World Cup agenda in the build-up to Russia's tournament starting showdown with Saudi Arabia. And... I'll tell you how you can win a 65-inch Samsung LED TV worth over five grand. Let's get into it. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Oh yeah, it is here, the World Cup 2018 in Russia, and introducing on today's Splash first... First of all, on day one here at Fox Sports, uh, coming over from the Daily Telegraph is Carly Adno. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, indeed. Day one and straight into the podcast bunker. How about that? Yeah, it's great. It's the best way to start. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And also joining us is uh, one of the the headline acts of the Fox Sports website, uh, Liam Fitzgibbon, just back from Las Vegas to watch the Horn Crawford fight first hand. How was that? G'day Phil. Uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Still um, feeling the effects now. A bit of jet lag. A <laughs> bit of uh, lingering sadness for poor poor Jeffy Horn. He did well over yeah. there, but was pretty much outclassed. So, a bit flat on the last day. But yeah. um, no, great experience overall. The jet lag might actually help you to acclimatise to the next, uh, what is it, uh, 30-odd days of uh, FIFA Football World Cup action. I'm just going to keep it going now. I'm trying to keep the sleeping patterns on US time. We'll see how we go. Exactly. <laughs> the, the kickoffs are anywhere from 8pm, as it is for the Socceroos this Saturday night, through to about 5am. Russia Russian uh, times are not friendly for us down under. No. Luckily <laughs> for some of us at Fox Sports, we get to cover it, so uh, hopefully yeah. we'll be able to... Mix work with pleasure a little bit there and um, catch most of the games. Yeah, the, the football journalists here at Fox Sports, they've got a tough gig coming up, Carly. 10 yeah. p.m. starts to their shifts. It's going to be pretty crazy. I got a bit of a surprise when I saw my first month at Fox Sports with the Times. But look, I would have been up watching the games anyway. So now it's just going to be work, fun, like Liam said. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, on today's edition of The Splash, I thought we would preview um, the Socceroos' uh, big game with France on Saturday night, but there's a couple of other big talking points that we need to uh, to touch on first um, as well with this Spanish coaching fiasco, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. But some tournament news to kick us off, Liam. Uh, basically, the host of the 2026 tournament has been announced. Uh, can you give us some details? Yeah, so basically it came down to a to a two-horse race technically, although uh, it was a combined bid that ended uh, getting up in the end. So we've got USA, Mexico, Canada, combined North American bid announced as hosts, uh, beating out Morocco, which I think was the only, only challenger there. So it's been received pretty well, it's got to be said. I think it's um, uh, maybe a rare case of FIFA getting this one right. Uh, seems like it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Obviously, North America's got the infrastructure. USA did a great job uh, back in 1994. Um so especially with the expanded competition, going to 48 teams, obviously going to need a lot of stadiums, a lot of games to be played. So yeah, I think it's uh, looking pretty good. As you mentioned, in, in I think it was January, it was announced that the World Cup finals would expand to 48 teams. Does that mean 
the the Americans get automatic entry. Canada and Mexico. Where where does that where does it leave? automatic entry into the tournament for the host nation. Sounds like it will. I'm not sure it's been confirmed just yet, but obviously with the increase in teams, there's going to be increase in qualification spots on offer. So it sounds like North America is maybe going to have six to play with. So you would figure that the three hosts go straight in and the rest vie for uh, the other three spots. I feel, I feel a bit for Morocco. It's the second time they've missed out on hosting the World Cup. But like Liam said, it, it does make sense. It's the logical decision. Um, it sounds like... With the 48 teams, um, there are going to be 80 matches overall. 10 will be played in Mexico, 10 in Canada, and 60 in America. Mm. Yeah, so. wow. And I was reading today, I think, they, they still hold the record, the USA, for the most ever attendance at a single World Cup. I think it was something like $3.6 billion in, in 1994. So you know the fans are just going to get around it. And, oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what won them the bid, the fact that they could make a record profit. And obviously it, it all comes down to money at the end of the day. And <laughs> what, they, FIFA worrying about money? <laughs> Surely not. They're predicting an $11, million, $11 billion profit. So wow. that would be a re- yeah a record. I think that was ultimately the decision. Yeah, wow, <laughs> uh, and an absolute bombshell on the eve of uh, the tournament coming up in Russia. Uh, Spa- uh, Spanish coach Hulan Lopetegui, I think I got that right. Um, <laughs> Let you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has been sacked. Uh, quite astonishing. He. Uh, Recently, only just signed a two-year extension, um, literally a few weeks ago, um, which would have seen him through to the end of the Euro Championships. But since then, signed a three-year deal with Real Madrid. Uh, that was only a couple of days ago. Uh, and straight away, the, the Spanish authorities just completely scratched him. This is a head-scratcher. Unbelievable, yeah. I think our <laughs> own crazy. Daniel Garb called it one of the biggest World Cup stories in history. Yeah. It's just absolutely stunning to see yeah. this happen. Two days out from a tournament and now the debates sort of started you know, ethically was it the right move how's it going to play out um can't imagine it's going to be good for the team they're putting on a brave face i think sergio yeah. ramos said today the morale's still high and the guys are focused but geez it's hard to imagine this isn't going to have an effect the good um, thing oh, sorry the, uh, yeah the, you go the good thing for him his personal record is he leaves spain unbeaten as coach Wow. Under him, they Are played... Are they at 20 straight unbeaten now or something? Yeah, they played 20, won 14 and lost 6. So that's a pretty good record to bow out on. Yeah. Even controversially, I guess. Yeah, wow. Well, have you done any more digging around this story and, and what happens now? Who um, who sits in the coach's chair or the manager's chair uh, on game day now? Well, they've got the sporting director who's just taken over. Fernando Hierro. Yeah, yeah, I think you might remember him from sort of... Early 2000s, late 90s Premier League fame. I think he could up for Bolton and yeah, a few others. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's yep. been Spain's sporting director. He's going to step in as coach. Obviously, it's too late to bring in a whole new yeah. coach at this stage. So, yeah, interesting times for Spain. Daniel Garber, I, I saw on Fox Sports News 500 earlier, pretty much ruled a line through Spain's chances of uh, of holding hoisting the trophy at the end of this. Where, where does, what's your take? Oh, as I said, it's hard to imagine it's not going to have an effect. It reminds me a little bit of the France situation in mm-hmm. 2010 with uh, Raymond Dominique. I think slightly different situation where that was more of a player revolt. Yeah. But um, when you've got that sort of unstable environment, I think France ended up finishing last in their group. Uh, you know, went on strike, all this sort of drama. So, you know, if, we, if the players are to be believed, Spain may not be in that dire situation. But I just can't see that sort of instability. I mean, is the new coach going to come in and try change the game plan, tactics, mm. that sort of thing? It's 
too much uncertainty for me. I think Carly might have a <laughs> have a sneaky suspicion they'll they'll go all right. But uh, well, some, sometimes a change in in coach does galvanise a team, and especially at this, you know, representing your country on the biggest stage, it might you know get them all backing the coach and getting behind it and hoping to put on a good show. But I think they missed a trick. They could have done Iniesta player coach would have been a good option. <laughs> a player <laughs> at coach. His, at well, his last hey. World Cup. <laughs> I wonder when the last time that happened not on this bigger stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> Okie dokie. I want to hear from you guys your favourite... Tim Cahill goal in soccer is colours, green and gold colours, uh, or most memorable. Uh, what do you got for me? Mine is a more recent one. 2014, the goal against Holland. I can't go past that one. That was just spectacular. Obvious choice. <laughs> yeah, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Not very creative, sorry. <laughs> it is hard to go past that one. Like Just yeah. the occasion and technically it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think I would go... More for from a nostalgic point of view, Timmy's, uh, I think, second versus Japan, 2006, the one that rebounded off both the posts. I still got Simon mm. Hill's call ringing in my ears. <laughs> just an amazing moment. I think the whole country just sort of leapt up as one at that moment. So, unforgettable. Yeah, for sure. Look, I ask because Samsung has teamed up with Fox Sports uh, for this World Cup. Um, and anyone out there has the chance to win a Samsung Series 7 65-inch Q7 LED 4K TV worth over five grand. Uh, all you have to do is head to the website and tell us in 25 words or less what your favourite Tim Cahill goal for Australia is and why. Just go to foxsports.com.au forward slash win to complete an entry form. And I spoke to one of the representatives um, of the, uh, the, the judging panel uh, for this competition and they need creativity so Carly I'm not sure that, <laughs> that if I'm uh, going to win that, that one. you're necessarily <laughs> going to be a winner there I probably can't go past the bicycle kick uh, and I in fact agree with what Tim Cahill uh, said uh, recently as well in regards to this competition one of my favorite goals uh, would have to be for the national team the scissor kick against China the crowd the expectation to win um, it was nil-nil. Uh, I remember Bresciano crossing the ball, um, ball going back out the box, Franich heading the ball back into the box, and then I could see it perfectly in the air, and I knew where the goal was, so I decided uh, instinctively to, to do a scissor kick. And then once I'd turned around and seen it go in, I was absolutely buzzing. Yeah, great there goal. he is. <laughs> He's got a few to pick from, Timmy, doesn't yeah. he? Great man, yeah. he certainly does. Can he add to that tally and join just... Pele, Sealer and Close as the only three players to score at four consecutive World Cups. Carly, is he going to get the opportunity? Is he going to get the game time to uh, put himself in, in the right spots this World Cup? I really hope so. But, I mean, we can't expect much more than to see him come off the bench maybe with 15, 10 minutes to go. Mm. But having said that, if you're an opposition team and it's nil-nil and you look at the bench and you see one Tim Cahill warming up, that's not the player you want to see come on for the opposition. I still think yeah. he instills a bit of fear in the opposition and he's a brilliant player to bring off the bench and hopefully he has that impact and we're all talking about creating history, scoring in his fourth World Cup. Yeah, if there's one thing that the Socceroos do boast heading into this World Cup, Liam, it is a bit of 
X factor that we can potentially inject off the bench in the second half with uh, one of the oldest statesmen in Tim Cahill and then uh, an up-and-coming young gun in Daniel Arzani, just 19, coming out of the uh, the Melbourne City uh, Academy, um, who just looks absolutely lightning and, and scored a goal in uh, in the, the build-up to this World Cup as well. Yeah, just brilliant to see. And, you know, a guy who's obviously... Uh, feeling pretty comfortable at that level already um, mm. from the, some of the vision we've seen from training and obviously in the warm-up games just looks to have taken to it like a duck to water. So I think it's really exciting for us to have, you know, one of those young stars um, coming up on such a big stage. Obviously, you see some of the European uh, nations bringing in those teenagers and it's been quite a while since we've had one sort of come out of Woodburn like this. So I hope he gets a good run and I think, yeah, he can give us a bit of that X factor as well. But on Timmy, I'm backing him to do it. I'm backing him to get the get the fourth... fourth uh, Go to consecutive World Cup. He's, you know, Australia's greatest ever big big moment athlete, I oh, feel. So sure. he, he may only get 10, 15 minutes off the off the bench per game, but I reckon that's all he'll need. There's going to be one yeah. one magic Timmy moment, which hopefully gives us a decisive point or a win. And who, know, who knows from there? <laughs> It'd be un-Australian not to back him. Yeah, oh, really. yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even Australian by birth and I back him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about it before. Like, what... I don't know if you can overstate how great an achievement that would be. Four goals at four consecutive World Cups. Obviously, we know the names that have done it before, the likes of Pelé. Um, but, I mean, what do you compare it to? Is it, is it up there with, with Bradman's 99 average? I mean, is it like, how do you quantify how, exactly. how amazing it is? Yeah. It's probably something yeah. that will never be done again by an Australian, let alone that many others internationally. So. And you mentioned earlier when we were discussing, just considering how difficult Australia have found it to qualify for World Cups in the past. Yeah. And now you've got Cahill, who's on the verge of this record. It's quite incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I suppose one of the big talking points out there of the last year is this whole LeBron v. Michael Jordan debate. And I feel like if this happened, it would ignite a similar debate where you really can't properly quantify how great it is. So it comes down to uh, personal opinion, I, I suppose. It would also put... Australia firmly on the map for football I think to have an Australian mm. in that group of players and hopefully when Australia do decide to bid for another World Cup hopefully that kind of sets Australia apart and you taken Australia taken a bit more seriously yeah for sure um, look they have a, a chance to uh, to put themselves on the map a little bit uh, this Saturday night Australian time that is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, they kick off against France um, in their in the the, the start to their uh, World Cup campaign, I suppose. But this is a hell of a French team, Carly. Um, you know, when you consider that uh, overall the France squad is worth one point six eight billion dollars, and Australia's is worth just seventy six million, <laughs> uh, that is an absolute footballing giant. Absolutely, and France are, you know, there's there's a reason why they're one of the favourites to win the overall tournament. But there's an interesting stat. They have actually struggled in their opening matches in major tournaments. Of the eight games that they've played, they've only won three, and two of those wins were last-minute winners. So they have started tournaments quite slowly, mm. and now could be the perfect time for the Socceroos to play them. And poor form in the, in the lead-up. Uh, to this tournament as well. Look, they they haven't been in, in great nick and it's a real opportunity, Liam. Yeah, and as Carly mentioned, also perhaps a, a side where the you know the pressure can get to them a little bit. The expectation's higher this time, especially with the mm. squad they've got. There's a feeling that they're right in their kind of peak time now for a, a challenge for the title. Um, you only had to look at that um, 
the squad they left out. I think we did a comparison yeah. of the earnings of that squad compared to the Socceroos team that did make it, and it's just, again, mm. incomparable. So, yeah, there's been an opportunity there, but um, that said, I'm not sure that, you know, we've got the, the level of teams we've had at previous tournaments as well, so the golf is certainly big, and it's going to take a huge effort to um, to pull out a result, I think. They will lift against a big team. I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah. Australia do tend to lift their game against better opposition, but it's still a huge ask. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and there was a, a scare for the French camp the other day as well with Mbappe uh, going down with an, an ankle injury, but it's believed to be not too severe and he, he may even line up uh, this weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the starting lineup. It doesn't sound like it was um, threatening to rule him out of the game, so expect him to play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other, any Socceroos? selections that you really hope happens or you think will happen? Uh, any insight heading into into this uh, match? There's so much debate about who's going to lead the attack, I guess. And with Tommy Urich overcoming the injury, I guess he's touch and go whether he starts. There's a lot of um, calls for Naboot to start up front. That would be, I think, a pretty good call. So I reckon he might get the nod up front. Yeah, I think we've uh, Bert's shown his cards a little bit. We've got a, a look at what he's thinking in terms of the team. I guess the midfield's probably one of the big question marks. Um, I really want to see Tom Rogic start uh, the first, if not all the games. I think he's he has the potential to be our real X-factor. Maybe hasn't yet produced his best for the Socceroos at that level, but I think he's he's one of our classiest, most talented players and capable of creating that that moment, that game-breaking sort of play. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a big tournament from Tommy, and I hope he gets uh, gets the go from the there's, from the, Bert. There's been a little bit of doubt surrounding Milay Yednak. Um, do you think he should be a one of the first picked? I I reckon. You know, he's just come out of the championship. That's physically the hardest, one of the hardest leagues in the world to play in. So there can't be any doubt about his fitness or physicality. So um, he's a leader. He's got experience. You need that in the middle of the park, most importantly. And I think he should 100% be in the starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah, just to echo that, I mean, the experience is massive. We've probably got a team pretty light on that um, big occasion experience. And Millet's, you know, the guy you want to have. And what if we get a chance at a spot kick as well? He's one of the best in yeah. the world at putting them in the back of the net. 100%. And that's from not, his career, an, isn't he? Yeah. not an easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. The, uh, the other uh, game to kick off Group C uh, with Australia and France is Peru taking on Denmark, which I think is Sunday morning, 2 a.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Um, these are obviously the other sides that can deny Australia the opportunity to to move beyond uh, Pool C. Who, who is the, the bigger threat, do you reckon, Carly? I actually think Peru will be. I think they're quite a dangerous side. Um, also a little bit unpredictable. Not Really not sure what to expect from them, but I think they're going to do pretty well. Yeah, okay. I think it's really hard to call between those two, and I think uh, Carly's maybe right. Peru riding sort of a wave of emotion, uh, you know, big drought and they're back in the World Cup so I think they're going to ride the wave a little bit. Mm. Denmark is sort of recognised as one of these up and coming teams in Europe and of course Christian Eriksen is, is world class so be really interesting to see. I can't really split those two so it'd be really um, interesting to see that first game and what we're facing uh, beyond France. That mm. whole fight for second spot in the group is really hard to call. Yep. Yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, we, we look forward to that. Uh, Russia taking on Saudi Arabia in Moscow uh, tomorrow morning, as it is, we're recording, obviously, on, on Wednesday. So that game kicks off at 1 a.m. Thursday morning. I'm sure plenty of people are going to be up uh, checking that one out. 
uh, and plenty of action over the weekend too. Uh, I would recommend heading to the Fox Sports website, find the ultimate guide, uh, which has plenty of details. And then there's another piece on the website which lists every game of this World Cup with the time with the Australian Eastern Standard Time translation. So that will be your friend uh, throughout the next month uh, as well. Uh, guys, predictions. Who's going to take this thing out? I'm going to go with France. Yeah, very, again, not very creative, but I just think that this is this is the team that can do it this time. Okay. Yeah. That's Well, I, I suppose if there's any consolation to Australia not going what, all the way. That's then. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll sit on the fence a little bit. I've got a, a Germany-Brazil final penciled in, which is not, not overly uh, out yeah. there prediction. I think Brazil are going to bounce back really strongly after the disappointment four years ago. And in Neymar, you've just got a out-and-out superstar who can who can do something really special. So I'm leaning towards Brazil out of those two to win it. It's a big call, a South American side, to do that well in Europe. Yeah. It hasn't been done for a very long time. Yeah, if anyone can do it, I think uh, Brazil, though, got a yeah. good good balance in Asia in the squad, and I think it yeah. could be their time. Yeah, it sounds like they've got... Um, yeah, they've got firepower all across the park. And in the, the Fox football podcast full preview that went up uh, earlier this week, I recommend going and checking that out as well. Bretton Speed and Andy Harper both mentioned that if Brazil do go all the way to the final, they're going to have to beat some good and exciting teams in the process. So that's going to be an interesting talking point. Can you give us maybe a, a dark horse or someone that can just go far and, and cause a bit of havoc uh, in this tournament? Well, after Spain's drama, I'm not sure if I can call them a dark horse now. <laughs> people seem to be writing them off, but I think I think they still might surprise people. Otherwise, I, I'm going for an African team, either Senegal or Nigeria, to cause a bit of havoc. I think it's great to see African teams do well on the world stage. We saw Senegal do it. Um, we saw Ghana do it in 2010. It would be wonderful to see Nigeria or Senegal do something. What do you reckon, Liam? Uh, my dark horse, I'd have to say Portugal. Not not an out-and-out ruffie, you would say, but <laughs> they're probably sort of five or six um, levels down on the on the betting order. I think you know, they've got that experience having won the Euro Euros pretty recently. Um, maybe outside of Cristiano Ronaldo, don't have the big names, but I think got a really good settled squad, and I think we've got uh, something, in special, something special in store from Cristiano on the world stage. I think um, he could sort of put the icing on the cake for his legacy and um, get Portugal maybe to the semis even further this time around. In terms of, yeah, maybe more of a surprise packet, I'd also like Senegal. I thought it was a real hot take, that one, but I've since spoken to a bunch of people in the office who have, who are naming them as their sort of surprise packets. I think Sadio Mane... Yeah, they did it before, right? So, yeah, that, that was... so everyone has that visualisation of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, they've just got a really good um, experienced squad there. I think the whole midfield is based in England... Um, Lots of top-tier European talent and, of course, Sadio Mane from Liverpool who I think could have a really good World Cup banging quite a few goals, so that'll be interesting to watch them. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Group B looks to be a really interesting group, fun to watch. We've got Portugal, Spain, Morocco and Iran. Three of those nations, of course, geographically very close, so that could be fiery. (laughs) It'll be a fun little area to be in. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Uh, Golden Boot, you... Carly, you reckon France is going all the way? Does that mean Antoine Griezmann would be your pick? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, he was the he was the golden boot for France in Euro, and 
I yeah, I can't look past him. He's a he's a proven goal scorer. He's prolific. He's got the experience. He's going to get France to the final. Twenty seven years of age as yeah. well. Um, Pri- prime. Yeah, right in his prime. What about you, Liam? Cristiano Ronaldo. Couple, <laughs> couple of long range free kicks. Couple of headers. Couple of volleys, maybe six, six or seven. That'll get him the golden boot. Wow, Fair enough. That's a lot. <laughs> I'll take uh, Cahill. <laughs> yes, <laughs> have my vote on that one. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, I reckon that just about does us. How, how can we follow you on on the socials, Carly? Well, I'll be on Twitter at all hours, yep. random hours, early <laughs> hours, late hours. Um, yeah, I'll be on Twitter. Instagram, everything. At Carly... Carly Adno 226. All right, nice. And Liam, any, um, any uh, tips for the, uh, the punters out there in terms of uh, uh, making the most of Fox Sports' coverage right throughout the World Cup? It's going to be around the clock. That's the good news. We've got, we've got people in 24-7 pretty much to, yeah. to um, run the live blogs on the site and that sort of thing. So, and it, it should be your go-to place in the morning for all the video and all the best action if you haven't been able to stay up and watch it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I feel it's going to be a big month. It is indeed. Uh, not much sleep, but plenty of action. Uh, thanks very much to both of you for joining this edition of The Splash. And make sure you hit up Carly on Twitter uh, for all of your own hot takes and predictions out there. Um, keep the conversation rolling. Head to the Fox Sports website for all the coverage. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another Fox Sports Podcast Network production. Our pods are available on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify. And for more digital content, head to foxsports.com.au.